Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello, NRL fans, and welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. One more time, end of season one, we've done it. I've got Johnny with me, the MVP of the, uh, the supporting cast this year. Johnny, how are you? Yeah, a bit sad, mate. Uh, well, I guess I guess there's a silver lining now that Sydney's going to be out on lockdown. But uh, <laughs> end of end of the 2021 series, which uh, yeah, it was a really good final series. Actually, really enjoyed that one. Yeah, it's been it's been an adventure. Um, you know, a couple of discussions about wanting to do a podcast at the start of the year. Um, you know, trying to do a couple of all the preview ones by myself, and you know, hating hearing it back. To getting, I think Chris was the first guest on only made the one appearance because he's overseas in the UK then you've come on and um you know we've had Ryan Chris Pat but yeah it's been it's been a load of fun um talking footy is exactly what we wanted to do and I think we've done that well mate but like you said we've made it all the way to the end a great season a great final series and capped off with probably in my view one of the better grand finals in recent years Panthers 14 defeating the South Sydney Rabbitohs 12 in you know a game that the Panthers a year on from being crushed by the Melbourne Storm in last year's grand final, they come back and exact their revenge. And I guess straight off the bat, Nom, how did you find the overall experience of watching this game and watching the Panthers get up here? I think, um, look, you know, there are a lot of storylines on both sides, you know, with all the retirements from the South End and then, or not so much retirements, but, you know, moving on and then, got Panthers who's coming back and exacting revenge I, I really enjoyed I guess watching Panthers just go about it the hard way you know they, they used the whole Everest thing and I think they they really did did climb it this uh this year yeah it's probably the first grand final at least for me in a good four four or five years where I didn't really have a dog in the fight I didn't really care who won out of the Panthers or the Rabbits they're both probably on the lower end of the teams I support in the league but like you said, on both sides, there was some great storyline you know, from the <laughs> Panthers' end. Can they come back? This is such a young squad and, you know, exact revenge and get the premiership that they missed out on last year. To me, Nathan Cleary, if he won that premiership in the Clive Churchill, all of a sudden now his legacy takes the next step. Um, on the Rabbits' side, the master coach, Wayne Bennett, can he do it again? Uh, Adam Reynolds, the club legend, leaving in his last game. And, you know, no Latrell Mitchell can a team win a comp without one of their you know, two best players. It was all on the line. And I think what it did serve up was it was a fantastic contest. Let's kind of go through it. Um, you know, let's pick out our favorite moments here. Obviously, the moment that turned the game was probably the intercept. Uh, Cody Walker, you know, every time the Rabbits kind of moved the ball to an edge, they looked very deadly. Um, you know, there was a lot of going through the middle, but every time they did attack the edge, it was, you know, the promising. And then from the pan- the Rabbits side, Nom, the, the two big ones for me were obviously can the super coach Wayne Bennett do it again? Can he drag another side to a premiership? Then you have Adam Reynolds, the prodigal son who was moving on, you know, unwanted and obviously reports coming this week that, um, you know, him and Cody Walker, same age, Cody Walker offered the contract to play to whenever you want and Adam Reynolds kicked out the door. So there were so many subplots, but I guess let's take this game by get, uh, this game step by step here. I'm just kind of pick out our big moments here. For me, the biggest moment, obviously, was Cody Walker's intercept. Um, I thought the Rabbits had a huge success every time they would shift the ball wide. There was a lot of through-the-middle stuff. Whenever they went wide, there was a lot of chances created. And obviously, Cody saw 
there were some chances out, out there with the Stephen Crichton edge, but an absolute blind of roof from Crichton in the try. Obviously, what, what was your thoughts when you saw that one happen? Oh, it was... You, you could sort of see it coming, you know, the Rabbitohs were building towards the left edge and for a split second, Crichton looked like he was in no man's land and then he just, you know, grabbed it from there and then just streaked away and you know, you knew no one was was um, coming after. He, he's made some really huge plays, actually. There's this whole final series. I mean, you know, this wasn't the first intercept he's done and the fact that he's so lanky and tall and, you know, he's got the athletic build. Um, yeah, he, he, he just, he's an X factor out there, definitely. Yeah, I, I don't know whether he just like gets his hands on the ball more when he's on the wing because he gets doing a lot of kick returns and then obviously defensively he needs to make the last decision, but he's definitely gone up a step. And, you know, obviously that was the Charlie Staines edge where they've now moved um, Crichton there. And I think obviously mm. you're, you're a big Staines attractor, so you thought that was a, a masterstroke there by Cleary. But I guess that was obviously a big moment. But then later on in the game, the, the Rabbits tied up, uh, attempt to tie it up, try in the corner. No, if there was any kicker in the comp that I wanted to have a kick from the sideline, it was Adam Reynolds. I thought it was going over. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, you could bet your house on it. You thought he would have made it because he, he's got, you know, one of the best boots in the business. And, you know, look, maybe if it wasn't for his groin issue, I, I don't know, you know, the fact that it was a 73rd minute having a big kick from the sideline, that might have had some factor in it. But, yeah, geez, if... If you had anyone kicking for your life, it would have been sort of either Adam Reynolds or probably Cleary, the next best thing, really. Yeah, and I think that the thing I took away kind of watching this game for the second time, the Lions beat the Panthers. We've been saying for two years now. I just don't know how they're, yeah. they're middle, especially. Just they dominate teams, and teams are making 25 metres max, and they're having to do yeah. long kicks out, and they just win the field position. And then, yeah. obviously, the best kicker since Joey Johnson. I don't think it's, I don't think we, can debate it anymore. The way that Nathan Cleary has the ball on a string, some of these mm. kicks, you know, the grubbers into the end goal, you know, hitting the hitting the, the upright whenever he wants to. The little chip kicks yeah. across the field always, you know, a Kirk Capewell or a Matt, uh, Matt Burton, you know, coming down with those. And then, you know, his most potent kick is that midfield bomb. The bombs. And, yeah. you know, Taffen, Johnston and Gay Guy, you know, all those guys at the back, you know, Paulo had good games, but Man, when those bombs go up, there's so much indecisiveness. Um, you know, they hover over that little extra couple of seconds longer, so the the kick chase has that extra bit longer to get there. You know, a lot of people were saying, you know, he shouldn't have won the Clive Churchill. You know, he had seven missed tackles. I think was the final stat, but the way that that game was all down, the game was down to field position and territory. Yeah, and a lot of the time it was Nathan Cleary's kicks that got him in that position with a five five set restarts off kicks. Like it's unheard of in a grand final. Yeah, that's right. Um, he's, yeah, I mean, he, he's, his right boot pretty much won them that field position and pretty much, you know, had them on top of the Rabbitohs for the whole game. You know, he put every of those sort of bombs on a dime. Um, and, yeah, the, the Rabbitohs, they couldn't get out of their own end afterwards. You know, um, I think I saw a stat that um, Dylan Edwards and Brian Tor alone ran more metres than the entire um, Rabbitohs back three. So they just couldn't um, get them going. And, um, yeah, they barely made it past their own half the whole game. And I think the, the storylines come out of the game, obviously. It's come out that uh, Dylan Edwards had a broken foot for the last month. So the whole final series he played with a broken foot. Clear he's going to have off-season surgery. His rotator cup, obviously, was a bit worse than it, than it looked. You can just tell this was a side that 
They came here with a mission. They obviously feel, and I think last year caught a lot of people off guard, you know, how dominant they were. And it was probably a season early, you know, just to, I thought a guy that isn't going to get a lot of raps, but I thought played tremendously. And it's not the first time he's done this in a grand final was Coruscant. I thought Appy was huge through the middle. Um, you know, there's something to be said about just quick service, you know, picking markers when markers need to be picked. They, he got two set restarts for just picking out those markers. You know, he did it for the Rabbits in 14. He's come now and yeah. he's come now and done it with the Panthers. To me, he's so underrated. And it, it was a, you know, Cook obviously had a good game too. Cook had some some moments through the middle of the ruck, but you know, when both teams forward pack were kind of doing the job they needed to do, I thought Appy just had those couple of moments of brilliance um, that really did help Cleary and Edwards in the end. Yeah, dual, that's why he's a dual premiership winner, I guess, now. <laughs> yeah. And let's go quickly from a rabbit side, Dom. Obviously a fantastic season. Um, the law of you can't concede 50 in a season. Uh, one of your favourite stats that lives on. Um, you know, a lot of statisticians <laughs> would have got, it would have got a, a big scare during the grand final, but, you know, um, to, from where they were after those two smashings, they obviously got smashed by the Panthers, smashed by the Storm. The way they came back and obviously beat the Panthers in round one and made it to the grand final here, you know. They got a lot of changes next year. Dimitri coming in. Um, we'll see what they do at seven, whether Taft goes to seven, Milford comes in. Um, it's going to be a very different season, but I think it's definitely one that they can hang their hat on for this year at least. Oh, yeah, 100%. Look, I'm done... They've made it to the preliminary finals for the past, what, three, four years now? And the fact that they got to that final hurdle, um, yeah, I mean, props to them. I guess, you know, it's it's hard to, you know, sustain that sort of um, that level of performance over so many years. It'll be interesting to see, like you mentioned, you know, with all the changes, um, whether they're, they're still a top four side without Reynolds, without Bennett. Now, the big question, obviously, a lot of South fans I've been seeing on the uh, – on the comment sections is if Latrell Mitchell plays, do they win the game? Me personally, I don't think so. I thought Taff brought a little bit of, you know, I'm not going to throw the hot take out and say Taff is better than Latrell. I would never say that, but <laughs> the way that Taff just runs the ball back at ferocity and just the, the, the tempo that he plays compared to Latrell, um, I thought it was a reason why um, they won the first Panthers game. Um, mm. You know, Taft just brings the ball back 100 miles an hour. Latrell kind of likes to survey the field a little bit, use his brute strength to try and get through the holes, whereas Taft just likes to use his speed to pierce through them. I don't think he would have made the difference in this game, but I, w- I would have liked to have seen it at least because they could have deployed deployed Latrell in a couple of different areas, especially on some of those sweet players. Uh, yeah. But it kind of just shows you it, it was a bit of a brain explosion when it happened. And if you're a Rabbits fan, and especially in that Rabbits organization, I think it's time for a serious sit down with Latrell to go, look, you could have been here. You could have been the missing piece to get us here. You know, we we made the yeah. grand final without you. What we could have done with you. I think it's time to have that conversation because next year he can't be sitting on the sideline for four weeks through to suspension when there's must-win games to be had. Yeah, well, he's, you know, last year he sat on the sideline, obviously, for injury. But, um, yeah, that's that's a two final series in a row, which they really couldn't use their, um, their million-dollar man, really. So. No, that was a grand final. Mate. I thought, like you said, I thought it was. I thought it was a great grand final. Obviously, we've had a couple of Roosters storm. We had obviously the Panthers storm last year. To me, you know, looking back, I don't think it's that much of a hot take to say this is probably the best grand final since Broncos uh, Cowboys in fifteen. At least for me, the suspense was there, the back and yeah. forth. You know, it it was. You can tell the Rabbits were just trying to hang on till halftime, get into halftime, um, see what happens, but. 
yeah, to me, that they're back and forth second half where you can just tell the Panthers, you know, were trying to hold on for dear life. The Rabbits were coming with everything they had. And it was, a, you know, it was a lot of counter-punching. But in the end, it was a fantastic last 15 minutes, especially. Yeah, I mean, once they had the equalizers on that, there would have been some very nervous, um, you know, Panthers fans there once, you know, um, Johnston scored over the corner and, you know, you have someone like Adam Reynolds, who was all money to actually get that one in. But, um, yeah, I guess props to them. They just sort of hang on like they did all final series and got the job done. Yeah, and the, the last thing I will say on the grand final, I think the one rule that I was kind of a bit sceptical when it came in, but I've just fallen in love with is the two-point field goal. Because <laughs> even when the game was on the line with a minute left and they were down by two in that situation, normally that would never mean anything. The fact, and again, I thought Reynolds, when he hit, when it came off his boot, there was a second where I kind of jumped up to go, holy <laughs> shit, he's going to kick this. Obviously, it faded far to the left, but just that element of having the two-point field goal there, yeah. it just shows that it's never out of reach. Exactly, yeah. It keeps every game pretty much live, really. Let's quickly, Nom, before we wrap up this year and we'll give a little end-of-season message here, some of the things that has happened since uh, we've done a recording, obviously... A uh, couple of off-field incidents. The, the NRL off-season started, as we did say in our group chat. The biggest one's probably going to be um, the confirmed suspensions of Brandon Smith and Cameron Munster for round one of 2022. Um, so obviously from a Supercoach perspective next year, got to factor in that first game. Um, you know, it's going to be a long off-season, you know, whether you think players should be role models and, you know, leaked videos of, I, I don't know who the dog is in that in that room recording these sort of videos, but... We're going to get more of these. It's not going to be the last one, but I guess from a, from a player stance, um, does, the, does the one game suspension, the fine, you know, kind of fit the bill for you or have we gone a bit too hard there? I think it was just stupidity, really, whether what they're getting fined. Well, I think it was a suspended fine. Um, 100K, that's that's a hell of a lot of money. Mm. Um, that's like a, a family wage right there. But yeah, I think it was just to set a point for stupidity, really. Um, the fact that the fact that they did it is one thing, but the fact that they did it and had a random stranger record it and upload it is another thing. Yeah, and I think it's it came off the off the heels of the news that Cameron Munster is very much a free agent. Uh, he's mm. very quietly hit the open market, um, and you know it, he's made no um, secrets that 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 seventeenth Brisbane team is definitely a, an option for him. A lot, of, I think, a lot of these Queenslanders you're going to see coming off contract in the next two years, are going to really eye off that that um, Firebirds or whatever the, the franchise is going to be called there. You know, a Munster, a Welch, a Val Holmes, all these guys coming off contract in the next two years. I think, you know, that's going to be a, a force of a team. Uh, and, you know, the the, the rumours now that he's going to be off the drink for the next 12 months. Um, you know, he's on his last warning at the Storm. It's all kind of leading to a bit of an exit here. And you've got a couple of teams, you know, Raiders, Tigers, Titans, all kind of circling here. It's not going to surprise me, you know, if, if you say to me, is Karen Munster on the storm at the start of the 2022 season? Right now, it's not going to shock me if you say no, because it's kind of leading towards a bit of a breakup here. So you're saying if you were, you know, draft number six pick and Munster was still on the board, you, you wouldn't buy it? Look, I, I, if he goes to the Tigers, you know, you know my sense on the Tigers, but I, I don't know. It's just... You know, I thought he was going to have a huge season this year. He had a good season, but not a huge. He definitely wasn't no. the best player in the comp like yeah. I thought he would be this year. And, you know, this off-field incident. And, and just like I said, the, a player of his stature doesn't normally, you know, 
talk about his future like that in public and kind of saying, yeah, it's open the open. I'm kind of open to other teams. That doesn't normally happen. So I kind of think there's something in the back there, but that's definitely an off an off uh, season storyline. We'll keep an eye on. The other thing that happened, obviously the Dalliums, uh, Tommy Turbo. I don't think there was much doubt, but obviously if we look back at the 2021 season, I think it's going to be pre- pretty clear cut. Panthers getting their premiership and Tommy Turbo putting on a show. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he took that Manly side pretty much, you know, everyone's drawing comparison with Ben Barber and um, and Jared Hayne. Obviously, they came one short, but it, what a season what it was. You know, he scored like almost 30 tries from, what was it, like 15 games or something. It was, it was just ridiculous numbers. Yeah, and it would have been interesting if Cleary didn't get hurt in Origin because you've got to think he missed mm. out on, I think, six games there. So he only yeah. finished in the yeah. voting, I think, five behind, and you've got to think Cleary would have towered up another couple of three-pointers there. So it could have been nearly the perfect season. Dallium, Clive Churchill, Premiership, Origin. It could have been Origin. literally the, the clean sweep. Well, what could have been last year as well? I mean, yeah. he got robbed by Jack White and then he <laughs> was, you know, a try away from winning the grand final. Yeah, it's been a good season, obviously. Um, I didn't really want to do an individual review for each team. I think we've kind of, as the teams have got eliminated, we've kind of talked through it. But it's been a good season. You know, the top eight battle, you know, was fierce throughout. Um, There's a lot of teams at the bottom of the table that we do expect to kind of move forward next year. But, yeah, I think this final series, it's been tough, obviously. Half the country in lockdown. The game's not being played at a home venue. Mm. A Queensland grand final. It did take a lot of the spectacle out of it. And I think a lot of fan interest, but um, I think, you know, once we're all back next year in our home grounds, um, you know, a, a lot of good signings happening next year. A lot of teams should be, you know, full of some confidence. It's going to be, it's going to be a builder of a 2022 season. I think 2021 was a good primer for us, but I think 2022 is going to be the season where it really kicks into gear. Fingers crossed we get back to some normality with crowds and, you know, games playing paid at Sydney home grounds, you know, Touchwood, there's no sort of Omega wave coming. <laughs> 100%. And Nom, I guess that, that's it from a review side. I just want to kind of, again, thank you, mate. You've been on quite a few pods this year. Um, it's been a pleasure, you know, doing the solo pods is fun, but it's always good to bounce off someone. So just wanted to give you a thanks. Obviously, you've been kind of the right-hand man as we go here. So thanks for coming on with all these, mate. No worries. Always a pleasure. I guess I'll see you next year. Yeah, and to everyone else, um, you know, we finished the season over 4,200 downloads. Again, I was hoping for five when this first started. So the fact that we got over that, um, it's great. Um, you know, we, there was some weeks where we did one podcast or some weeks we did seven. It was whenever we could, we kind of squeezed out the, the content. And, you know, this final series, we only done the, the one pod a week, but that's because of this, uh, this little side project we've been talking about. And um, next week we'll release the pod kind of done a bit of an intro to kind of introduce everyone to um, the top 100. Um, so 100 episodes coming here in the off season. So if you want some NRL content, it's definitely going to be here on the Rewind. We've got 101 episodes ready to ready to roll. So that will get us through all the way through to preseason 2022 when Nomi will be back on and Supercoach planning, mate. We'll have the draft again uh, early March, late Feb. And um, yeah, it's all going to be on again. It's can you believe that it's nearly been 10 months since we're all in my backyard doing our draft this year? It's been a crazy old year, but that was when we were able to see people and have, you know, more than five people in our household. 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, we're, I'm still looking forward to our end of season yeah. uh, lunch or dinner, you know, whenever. I mean, we're out of lockdown next week, so we definitely we need to set that, something yeah. up with the team. 100%. But guys, it's been a pleasure um, coming to you guys every week. Can't believe we did it every week. I was saying a nom, you know, the kind of, you know, it's, in theory, it's fun to say you'll do a podcast, but when you've had a bludge every day at work and, you know, the team list has come out, you want to get the podcast in before the round. You know, it is a bit of a commitment every week, but I feel like we've done a really good job this year, Norm. And um, again, we'll be back better than ever. We've got the off season uh, full of content and 2022 will be ready to roll. So from everyone here, uh, all the guys that have been on, thank you for listening, guys. Uh, we'll be back. You'll hear, hear my voice all off season and then we'll hear the boys for 2022. So for one last time in round one, oh, sorry, season one of the NRL Rewind. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and hear from you soon. Cheers.